0: Hi everybody i'm ralph ben murky welcome to not that kind of rabbi the 2022 edition of this particular show um to be clear as i always am i'm am not a rabbi i am an ordained spiritual director in the jewish tradition jewish renewal movement but i am not a rabbi um and when i talk to my rabbi friends i realize why i'm not a rabbi because uh, there's a, and even my i have a friend who's a Presbyterian minister and just the politics alone of it all can really drive you nuts. And from this perch, I can help people with spiritual counseling, which I do one-on-one and occasional group work. Uh, If you want to know more about any of the things I do, including the book, I I just, uh, it's out there. It's called, I thought he was dead. uh, And it's a spiritual memoir uh, and it's uh, published by Wolsack and Wynn. Uh, All of that stuff, just go to ralphbenmergie.ca. To my website, and you'll see everything there, including this particular podcast. And I also do another podcast with the CJN, the Canadian Jewish News uh, Digital Edition, called Yehopetzville. So you can check that out as well. Uh, Wow, wow. So we almost thought we were there, right? We could see the promised land. We looked out over the Jordan River. By the way, I've been to the Jordan River. And let me tell you, it was underwhelming. You can jump across the Jordan River in the north where I was. uh, And after, I I just thought, what a great documentary it would be. How many references there are to the Jordan River in music and art and literature and scripture. And it just looked like a, a, a tired creek. So it was a fascinating thing. Anyway, I digress. We'd almost crossed into the uh, land of milk and honey on this one. And then the Omicron virus showed up. And um, I have to say, uh, not just for me personally, but for for so much that I see around me, the constriction of all this has been so difficult. It has been really hard on people, Uh, isolation, anxiety, anxiety a lack of sense of control, you know, with that comes all kinds of things, a a sort of ennui, a a boredom with despair uh, mixed into it. So I hope you're staying, um, I'm not going to say strong, there's no need to be, you know, super people about this. I hope you're staying integrated with yourself and reaching out to other people. If Zoom is all you can do, then Zoom, you know, just say hi to your friends connect with them, take a walk outside with them, do whatever you need to do. But um, this is a very interesting thing that has happened to us for the last two years. And it's got all kinds of kind of biblical layers to it. Somebody said yesterday, I was on a, a Zoom call for something called Lit Live where people do readings and I was doing a reading from my book. And one woman said, well, you know, the locusts are coming. So not to worry. This, this part of the play will be over suited enough." Uh, but it is also an interesting reset. A lot of people have kind of been stopped in their tracks of, of just a reactive life and thought, what, what, am, I, what, what am I doing? How did I, how did I get here? It's like the talking head song. You know, this is not my beautiful house, not my beautiful wife. They've just reevaluated a lot of things, work being one of them. Uh, and just the value of social interaction and relationships and how we've taken them for granted and passed. And now I'm not going to go to see that and those people. And you realize how much we need each other. So um, I'm with you. Uh, It's hard for for me personally, and it's, I'm sure, hard for you personally. So uh, if we can find ways to connect to each other, then all the better uh, in this really difficult time. Given that I didn't, I wanted to share music with you today. I wanted to be able to, to do something that uh, might lift your spirits a bit. What was it uh, Kurt Vonnegut said, uh, the only proof I need of God is the existence of music. I thought that was beautiful. Uh, I love Kurt Vonnegut. I I should reread his stuff. You know, It's the kind of thing you read when you're 19. But man, he had an effect on me. There's a great story of Joseph Heller and Kurt Vonnegut. It's kind of apocryphal at this moment point in time where they go to a millionaire's party in manhattan they've both been invited and Vonnegut get just looking around it's bacchanal you know it's uh, half naked waiters and waitresses serving god knows what on trays made out of god knows what and he just looks at heller and he goes my god this man like how much money does he has more money than god like wow this is crazy uh, and heller says well you know I've got something he doesn't have. He says, what could you possibly have that this guy doesn't have? And she says, I have enough. So I like that one. Makes us kind of remember and be uh, grateful for what we do have. Um, I'm going to start with a piece of music, and then I'm going to introduce my guest. Actually, I'll introduce my guest, and then we'll start with the piece of music. Uh, Aaron Lightstone has been doing music and healing, and art, and uh, ethnomusicology, and all kinds of wonderful things. His he will now appear suddenly in a. There he is. In that, do I have power or what? Something. I think that's something. <laughs> it's a small power in an even smaller head. So don't worry. Uh, hi, how are you?
1: Hi, good to see you.
0: Good to see you too. So uh, Jaffa Road is what we're going to talk about. But I also want to talk about all kinds of things that so you do. With yeah. you with your music um you didn't the, when you started the, the band you didn't start off with the name jaffa road right what was what was Correct. the initial name
1: the very initial name the very inception of this project was shakshuka
0: mm, i love shakshuka
1: mm, yummy <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's very funny because i was in a horrible 60s cover band which should have been called a horrible 60s cover band when I, in the late 70s And they said, well, we need a name. And everybody started thinking of names. My name was Abdul's Lentil Soup. They did not like it. (laughs) (laughs) They just looked at me like, my God, the weirdo from Morocco. So they just left me at that. (laughs) Well, at least you both started with food. I think
1: that's We started with food. And uh, yeah, does your audience know what what shakshuka is? Should we tell them? Why
0: why don't you tell them? Because I love shakshuka.
1: I love shakshuka. Shakshuka is a is a very popular dish in in Israel. I believe it originally comes from Morocco. You would probably know.
0: Yes. Better,
1: better than better than me about that. Where you you make a saute of whatever vegetables you have on hand and tomato sauce and then you poach the eggs in in the in the tomato sauce. So it's a real beautiful mishmash, and we thought that was reflective of what we were doing, because we were, you know, very explicitly bringing together the different musical histories and musical influences and musical interests of the various band members. Which um, you still do. Which we still do. It's evolved uh, uh, artistically and aesthetically over and personnel over over time, Um, and... But, you know, we were we were doing our this was many, many years ago, you know, just as as we were getting into the habit of checking things on on Google searches and so on. It wasn't quite a habit yet. And a band member just before our first significant festival gig, he Googled the name shakshuka as we for a band shakshuka music as we should have done earlier Mm. in the process and found out there was a at the time a more established band in chicago operating under that name wow really eh? um that's (laughs) hilarious they might might still be around too i'm not sure um any case it took us a while to find find a new name um eventually eventually we settled on on jaffa road and uh quite quite happy with that i think it's in, in the end it worked out i think it's a better name and yeah uh, yeah
0: well yeah because <laughs> you, you get the canadian attempt at pronouncing shakshuka which would shaka Shuka shaka oh forget it that, yeah. call us check con see what happens <laughs> all right um you have a new album out called until when
1: we do yes uh
0: which was released uh, in this middle of this pandemic which couldn't have been fun
1: no uh, it was a little different than normal
0: yeah like everything else. Um, I, I want to play the title track for people. Uh, yeah. Tell me uh, what Until When is about.
1: So Until When is, uh, is a song. It's it's actually two songs. It's a Hebrew liturgical song called Eli, Eli, Shema Koli. Oh, uh, God, hear my voice. And an Arabic song, um, Sid um my darling, where are you? And... These two songs have, they originate in Morocco and they have this, or Algeria, it's not totally clear. And they have the same, they have the same tune and the same structure. But one of them is a religious uh, Hebrew song and one of them is an Arabic uh, secular song. But the similarity between the two of them is, I, I find, quite striking because the, the theme of the Hebrew song is like, oh God, where are you? Why have you forgotten me? And the theme of the Arabic love song is, "Oh, oh, lover, where are you? Why have you, why have you forgotten me?"
0: Which is kind of and, like Rumi too, right? Because when you read, oh yeah, Rumi, there's a... you, you read Rumi yeah. and it's like you, you think he's talking about secular love and sexual love, and then he's talking about God, which is really you know oh, right.
1: And the, okay. the the Hebrew the Hebrew lyrics aren't quite like that, but I think you could easily interpret the Arabic ones like that, especially when you see them as a. As a mashup, so we decided let's let's alternate Hebrew and Arabic verses. And as far as we know, it's the first time that that's been done with this song. Although the song is very popular, it was recorded uh, since the nineteen fifties. It Was originally recorded, as far as I know, by Salim Halali, who was a very um, very famous Jewish Moroccan uh, cabaret singer in in the. He lived in Morocco. He was from Algeria. Famous cabaret singer in Casablanca in the in the fifties and it's been recorded many many times in both hebrew or arabic by uh, israeli uh, musicians usually who came from, most of them came from morocco as far as i know also arabic musicians from the maghreb have recorded it you know many many times so it's a, it's a very well known song we decided to put our own spin on it we call it until when because the first line of of the of the Hebrew verse that we put up front says, Ad matai akave Until when, or how long, until when must I wait until, to see the redemption? And uh, in light of the fact that it, the whole song just really resonated with everybody in the band. It was a favorite song for most band members. And then releasing it in the times of the pandemic that we're in, Until when uh, just seemed to be a very apropos title track for for our new album.
0: You should have had a more of a whiny thing to it. Until when already? That would have that would (laughs) (laughs) that would have helped us just a touch. You
1: know,
0: a little you know grunt at the beginning. That's the
1: Yiddish. That's the Yiddish version. That's the Yiddish
0: version. The Ashkenaz version.
1: Until when already? we'll do uh we'll, maybe we'll get michael wex as a, a guest artist gonna, uh, get david wall bet. to do it <laughs> well david's a david's a guest artist on track six on the album probably. i know so you yeah. know what? so
0: we just yeah. bring him back in for one more shot yeah. and do it. all right let's play this jaffa Rhodes' new album is called until when this is the title track and you are with me ralph Ben i'm not that kind of rabbi Track from Jaffa Rhodes' new album. What what is this? Four album, five. How many albums have you guys done?
1: Uh, that was our third. Third. Wow. I thought there was yeah. more. Yeah. yeah, there was a big gap in between the second and the and the and the third one.
0: Yeah, and there's been changes in the band.
1: Changes in personnel. Yeah. Um, our dear friend and longtime lead singer, uh Aviva Cernik, uh left the band to pursue other interests in 2016, I think it was. So that's one that's that's one of several reasons why it took us uh, a while to figure out what the next steps were and and to and figure out how to keep the keep the band going. Fortunately we got Tamar Ilana uh stepped into uh most of most of her role, uh, but um I sing a bit more now. Sundar sings some lead. We filled it out with some guest artists like David Wall. Aviva came back for one song as a guest artist. Uh, the last song on the album, "Hear My Sound," so uh, she's still she's still a little bit involved. Um, that was one reason. Uh, we've all also just had our hands in many other many other things. Uh, I produced, um, you know, in the last couple of years, bef- just actually wrapped up just as the pandemic was ending. Uh, Justin, the bass player, and I had a had a big contract to r- write from scratch and co-produce six albums of intercultural calming music for palliative care and hospice care environments. The idea was to create um, music that sounded like the music of different uh, continents, hmm. um, you know, but that was designed specifically to be calming for palliative care and hospice care patients and their caregivers. Um, do you so, match
0: up the culture with, with the patient? Like, do you think uh, I've got a South Asian person here, so I'll play? It.
1: Well, yes and no. So, so it's a great question, and we just, we just, we just wrote an academic paper about this, and hopefully, it's going to be published uh, in, in in this year. So, the answer is not is sort of, but not really, because the, the idea is that there should be. This, the company that hired us, the Room Two Seventeen Foundation, which has a is a nonprofit with which has a mandate to increase the use and visibility of music in in healthcare settings, particularly palliative care. They have many initiatives to that end. One of which is this library of calming uh, music albums that they've that they've made. And prior to our involvement, they were all very much, uh, you know, very Eurocentric um, albums because that's that was where they were coming from. And their hospice uh clients started asking for greater uh diversity in the, in the cultural offerings to reflect the you know to be more reflective of the patient population that they were dealing with mm-hmm. so on one hand it's this recognition that if you're offering this stuff it's important for for people to see themselves r- reflected in that but right. on the other hand, we know that there's no there's no uh guarantee or even any. there's no not even an assumption that that somebody from africa is going to say that the african sounding album is their, is there yeah favorite. yeah i
0: mean I, when i think right, about that right. i think about uh, my affinity for uh south asian music mm-hmm. um air, obviously from where i'm from arabic music um, culturally western music but when you play, I, I remember going to the old WOMAD festivals, the World of Music and Dance festivals that Peter yeah, Gabriel yeah. started. So they had them at Harborfront in Toronto. And I, I would be down there doing broadcasts and stuff. And the one music I just had no resonance for me at all was Chinese Go music. Right. right. I would listen to it and just think, N- nothing, zero, <laughs> I feel nothing. You know, right. and then then you'd play some South Asian music and I think I totally get this.
1: Right. So if, right. And there's probably and there's probably people from China who feel the same way about that music. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't you can't assume that somebody's cultural background is going to be a predictor of, you know, the kind of music that that resonates with them. Yeah, yeah like there's the no guarantee time. I'm
0: gonna like the Backstreet Boys. There's just no guarantee.
1: That's just correct. Backwards. Or <clears throat> more, more even Moroccan Jewish music, right? So Yeah, yeah. Um so there's no guarantees about that. But at the same time, there's this acknowledgement that if you're providing culturally sensitive uh health care, people also do need to see at least the option of seeing themselves reflected in that. And then and then it just makes the whole milieu richer because uh, people like you and me can pick this, pick the South Asian one when we need some calming music in our environment. So
0: when you're, do you have to switch your hats when you move from music therapy, which you've done on and off for years now? Mm -hmm. um, Do you have to use a different part of yourself to put together an album like until when, and and think, uh, you know, or does it, is it, osmotic like they, they, the therapeutic well, they, 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 effect yes and is no, in there
1: like, yeah i know what you mean they feed into each other but also it is a different hat because because jaffa road it, you know get i get to sort of put my artistic expression and the band members also have a huge <clears throat> huge role to play but you know put my our artistic statement uh up front and make it make it front and center and make it and that's and that's what it's about when i'm doing music therapy i'm i'm facilitate i have i'm ta- i my artistic interests have to take a back seat because i have to i'm there to support and facilitate the uh-huh. the whatever the therapeutic goals are for for the person or people that i'm working with and that's usually and and then usually their musical interests and their musical preferences have uh, have to come to come front and center, right? So I, I might be, you, I might often be working with musical uh, styles or musical genres, excuse me, <coughs> musical styles or musical genres that I don't, that I might like to listen to, but I don't have any particular interest in uh, using as a vehicle for my own right, right. artistic expression. But it might um, serve
0: the purpose of what you're trying to totally
1: serves else. the purpose yeah. of, of working with that patient or that, or that client, I work, you know, I do a lot of work in mental health, inpatient mental health and right. uh, um, neurotrauma, head, head injury rehabilitation is most of my work these days. I've also done a lot of dementia care and a lot of um, uh, palliative care over the years.
0: And you did some stuff with hip hop too, right?
1: Yeah. Well, that's a, yeah, that's that was, and that was my, that was my master's thesis um, that was done in 2003. And that's a whole, that's a whole story unto itself. (laughs) Um, But I was one of the, one of the pioneers in uh, music therapy, hip hop. I was working in, in a uh, youth shelter, um, through through vahafta uh, I mentioned oh, this yeah. because I saw that Avram, my buddy Avram, was your uh, yeah yeah second last guest, and my friend Aaron was your last guest. that's, yeah,
0: all. that's
1: right. We're all we're all friends. Aaron was actually my first uh, my first uh, UD teacher.
0: Aaron Ben Susan
1: Aaron uh, Ben Susan when he first uh, Hazan moved to the Cantor yeah. Um, but anyway, the hip hop thing. So I was I found myself working in this youth shelter and the the traditional methods of music therapy that I had been taught were of very little interest to the to the clients in this youth shelter and at the time hip-hop you know was 20 or 30 years into its stature as the most commercially significant form of music and you know in the world it was it was by far I think it might still be I'm not sure but at that time it certainly was the you know the biggest thing commercially in the record industry and every uh, or not every, but many many different academic disciplines had had a body of literature around you know the academic discourse around hip hop music, and music therapy didn 't and i thought, I found that very uh interesting and very striking that that this incredibly uh significant form of music yeah. our profession uh, both in the real world and academically at that time had had very little to say about it. And I was I was at a loss of what what do I do with these um with these Kids. clients who yeah. are clearly interested in that kind of music and sort of had to wing it and figure out how how do I how do I create hip hop music in the context of a music therapy session. And um and I had to do, you know, a whole sort of exploration and innovation around that. And then all kinds of questions came up, like, you know, what what is the actual therapeutic benefit of this? And so it was a, it was a whole um, it was a whole academic journey, which has then since been published. Uh, it was asked to write uh, two chapters for what became the first music therapy textbook on on the use of hip-hop. It's called The Therapeutic Uses of Rap and Hip-Hop. Um, and two of the chapters in that were adapted from my master's thesis. So um, we could go into a whole other... Yeah, yeah. Other yeah. Detail well, that. they're
0: all different parts of you, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's yeah. very but, uh, interesting. So, where's the religious or spiritual or whatever part of you? What, well, where...
1: you know, I've raised um, raised a Jewish, went to Hebrew school, spent quite a bit of time in Israel, um, went to a conservative movement uh, synagogue off and on for much. Much of my life, and the there's something about. And, and at the same time, I don't live a particularly uh, observant or religious existence in the in any kind of conventional uh, sense. Um, my kids go to Hebrew school, you know, day school, all that kind of stuff. Though. Um, Your kids but, do go to day school, yeah. Hebrew, Hebrew well, day school. my my they did. My my older ones in public high school, but my younger one's right. still in day school. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's this, you know, connection that's, um, that's very important to me and the making this kind of music for me is a very, um, to me, it feels like a very creative way to express that kind of uh, Jewish spirituality. Um, And it's hard to explain because it's kind of, uh, it's kind of, Unconventional, and I don't always quite know what to, exactly to. Well, let's try make out of it. Well, let's let's give it a whirl, <laughs> shall we?
2: And um, uh, what but you...
1: you know, there's something there's something about <laughs> there's something you you know there's something about working taking these ancient uh, Hebrew <clears throat> texts that I find that's very there's something very um, gratifying about uh, either reinterpreting them. Cause, you know, for example, like the track Droyikra, I think we've created a very modern arrangement of a, of a very traditional melody that, you know, people that know Jewish music will know that, will know that particular tune. It's the very popular Yemenite version of Droyikra that, that most people, uh, would know. And certainly I I think almost any like observant, person would would know that particular melody for Drory Krag as you sing it around the 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 Shabbat table at lunchtime and then so but we've created a, a very contemporary sounding arrangement of it or then on the other hand a tune like Yonati Zivi Fateh where where my friend um, uh, Aubrey Glazer suggested suggested working with these lyrics um, and we took we took this longer uh, Piyut Cut it down, rearranged it, took the took the lines that 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 I took the lines that spoke to me and and then wrote completely new music for it. Same thing with Ben with Ben Adam, for example. And I don't know, there's something that's that's very um gratifying and sort of spiritually moving about taking these ancient lyrics that in some cases, like Droy Kra, are very well known within the Jewish community. And and then the other ones were new to me and i think they would be new to most of the jewish people that i know but certainly there's there's people out there that these would be well well familiar to and just creating creating new art uh with them for me there's something that's very it's kind of ineffable but um for me it's an expression of spiritual uh experience of some of some kind you know so
0: what do you, so what do you say uh for the sake of argument here, uh, what, what what do you say when uh, the traditionalists would say, "Hey, it ain't broke, don't fix it"? Uh, <laughs> what do you what do you say to them?
1: Well, I say to them, uh, no one's actually said that to me, but but if someone were to say <laughs> that to me, I would point out that where all we're doing really is working with this long, long-standing uh, tradition in a, in a fairly unaltered form actually of of taking taking these texts taking and often taking snippets of them not the often not the entire text sometimes the entire text but taking snippets of these of these texts and and writing new music for them right that that is something that has been going on in in the Jewish world for i think mm. as, as as long as we know that's why the, that's why these well-known the well-known Pew team have a traditional Yemenite melody and a traditional Moroccan melody and a traditional Turkish melody, because all over the place, people were coming up with new, new tunes for, for these very standard texts. And in some cases people, it would be traditional to sing the whole thing, whatever that text was. And in other, other cases, like, um, you know, like there's lots of music for just little snippets of, of Tehillim of the of 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 the book of Psalms, right. know, Shlomo Karlbach was was a was right funny. right well renewal known. absolutely, um, yeah. And from the perspective of renewal, it's it's a it's a renewal thing. It's like let's 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 take this um, this old thing that has some 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 aesthetic and spiritual substance to it, and maybe it's maybe it's well known, maybe it's been sort of forgotten, and and let's make something new with it.
0: Let's do another song, um, Yalla Yalla. Uh, what? Tell me uh, about that tune before you play it.
1: Yeah. So when a lot, a lot of a lot of people, um, a lot of people, when they hear the title Yalla Yalla, they think it's a reference to the Hebrew slang, which is the borrowed borrowed words from Arabic, or the borrowed word from Arabic. You say Yalla Yalla. Let I mean, come on. Let's go. Get on with it. Hurry let's up go, already. Yalla Yalla. <laughs> but it's actually spelled differently. Uh, this yala yala has an ayin; the other yala yala has an aleph. And this is a piece of poetry from Rabbi Israel Najara, who was uh, one of the central figures in the sixteenth-century Kabbalah movement in in Safat. And this is this is goes back to what you know when you made the reference to to Rumi. This is very much in that that style of sacred poetry that that is easily interpreted as as a piece of secular love poetry and the in the yalla in this uh, what from what I've read is referring to the the it's maybe it's like an alternate pronunciation or something like that of raya which is which is the bride and this text and other in other melodies um, became a um, a popular, um, song for, for the groom to sing unaccompanied, uh, to, to the bride at, um, at weddings in, um, in, in different, uh, Jewish communities. Or did I mix that up with Yonati? Hold on one second. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Hold on. Wait, wait. it's early still. Just checking my, (laughs) I mixed that up with, yeah. Oh, I mixed that up with, um, Yonati. Sorry. Scratch the thing about wedding. This is, this this was often sung in sorry in some communities at on the birth of of a daughter. Ah, okay. Um, so, ya'ala y-a-la, um my uh, is referring to to my doe, um, right? Um, a, you know, the, or a gazelle, which is often you know, like in the Book of Songs, is often imagery that's used to refer to um, to to the bride or the the female. Lover so it's it's a it's a love song, come uh my dough, my dough, come to my garden the the pomegranates are in bloom, and my vines have flowered. come, my beloved, hasten your steps and eat the choicest of my fruits, and it, it goes on like this kind of nice thing. all right let's, and, lets
0: let's give it a whirl and, uh, yeah, Yella yella. Yella with this one uh until when is the name of the album? Jaffa Road, my guest is uh Aaron Lightstone, the leader of a band. I'm Ralph Benmerge, this is not that kind of rabbi. Let's play some music and uh, we'll come right back. with me. We're talking uh, Jaffa Road, and until when is the name of the album uh, that they've just released uh, last year? I guess it's last year now. Now we're into last. Oh yeah,
1: it's January third. It it happened,
0: so it's last year. Uh, (laughs) um, So one of the things that I've I've certainly noticed, first of all, you have a ton of fantastic jazz players in in your in your group, uh, and you've also got the Justin uh, great does fantastic stuff with Indo, uh, indo jazz, and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. created an instrument, I mean, for God's sake. Uh, but I, I love all that, but there' you, you want to make a, a, a stew of all this. You're not trying to do one kind of music. So how do you know when you've you've hit the right combination of of elements to create a, a, a distinct kind of cultural stew in, in Jaffa Road?
1: Uh, great question uh it's it sort of just happens it's not particularly conscious in the sense that in most cases, not every case but in most cases, I get the songwriting started and that and I think that that's what sort of firmly gives it in most cases the sort of that the Jewish uh, element and the Jewish roots of it because I'm you know I've chosen a text like yala yala or until when and I've started to create a uh, either a new musical arrangement for it or or new music for it. This is where I think the sort of the, the the magic happens in the sense that, you know, these are incredibly uh, well-versed musicians in both the a, a deep and a broad sense. They, they're all so familiar with so many different kinds of music and so experienced in different kinds of music, but then they all have like something that really pops out as uh, a specialization, like, you know, Justin's so, as you mentioned, so experienced uh, and studied in Indian music, Sundar in, in, in jazz, Tamar in all kinds of Mediterranean folk music, Rakesh in all kinds of stuff. Sean, now we've added, uh, Sean Rompre on electronics, so, uh, in electronica, so everybody has, um, Th- this very, very broad and very deep well of musical experience to uh to draw from, and are also just like incredible uh players, but they're also extremely uh, uh tasteful musicians, so I think what ends up happening is that everybody gets to have input and say and interpret how they're going to fit into this you know the seed of the song that i've that i've started out with and and then their their you their artistic voices come in but because they're so um skilled and tasteful it, it i don't nothing ever seems to you know come in my opinion nothing ever seems to come in like too too strong or, or, or too heavy, or, or, or if it does, maybe it could be like bass vena you know, in, the, in the middle of his tune and make it a real like bass vena feature or something like that. Right, or Sundar, right. we gotta, you gotta really let it, you, you really gotta wail and, and let it rip. Well, you know, of, it,
0: uh, it reminds me when. of, uh, it reminds me of this, uh, this basic, uh, tenant, uh, in, uh, uh, Musar, uh, uh, training of uh, you know working with your soul traits and one of them is humility, and the humility to know uh, how what place you have within any particular situation, and also sometimes that 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 doesn't mean you defer constantly. It just means that you know at this point I should come forward. At this point I should lean back. The ability to listen to each other, which is so essential to any great musical band. Uh, to be able to have the humility to say this isn't about me you know the drummer you turn around and there are seven rolls into a, a tom rolls into a song and you're like buddy buddy where you at <laughs> you know, we're not doing any Navida here let's just re- rethink this shall we <laughs> but you've got you know experienced mature musicians who have a sensitivity but also each brings their own gift uh, to what you're doing so uh, it, it certainly comes out in the music because yeah. there is a something unique that ends up happening at the end of the song, which can only happen because of the different uh, uh, talents that come forward. You know, so yeah, I, I
1: think it's that combination of talent and experience because they've yeah. all they've all paid their dues in the various. Uh, you know other musical worlds that they, that they inhabit <laughs> they've know? all been
0: beaten to a pulp in the music, and just,
1: <laughs> and just want to play
0: music and enjoy themselves now
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so i i know it's difficult to imagine but wh- what do you what's 2022 going to be what's going to happen
1: uh, i don't know um we've got um we've got we're, I mean, hopefully i mean we do have a uh, a Canada Council for the Arts grant to start creating the music for uh, a new album. So hopefully, hopefully that's going to happen. I should just say that that's going to happen. And uh, you know, still, still busy. Thank God with uh, with the music therapy work. Yeah, that's yeah. keeping keeping, uh, keeping me also busy. Although that's also been challenging, of course, during the pandemic and not 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 as busy as as it used to be or was in, in the lead in the immediate lead up to the pandemic. But also, you know, like as you alluded to in the in the intro, you know, the pandemic has also given many of us, myself included, a, an opportunity to sort of step back and ask ourselves, have we been to, to what extent have we been sort of chasing our our tail around and, and you know <laughs> making ourselves um, more busy than maybe maybe than we ought to be. Uh, and yeah. and uh so you know we'll, we'll we'll see Justin and I also have a project um that's coming out uh imminently uh, or launching imminently called the the CMRCI Canadian Musician Royalty Collection Initiative it's a digital strategies uh initiative funded by the by the Canada Council where we're 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 going to hopefully become experts in how Canadian independent musicians can more effectively collect the register for and collect the royalties to which they're entitled in <laughs> Canada Canada it's a very complex mystifying system <laughs> we're hoping to demystify it a bit yeah. and create uh with the, with the with the funding of the Canada Council for the Arts create um free uh training resources that uh independent canadian musicians can uh access to become more effective at, at collecting their royalties because we've <laughs> research that we've initial uh, you know some basic initial digging around that we've done seems to indicate that our independent musician colleagues in canada are as a as a group as an industry sector are very likely leaving Money on the table to which they are entitled because they don't fully understand forever this thus. system. Yeah, What's for,
0: that? it's been forever thus. I, I interviewed uh, Irma Thomas, who is R and B gospel legend in New Orleans, and uh, uh, who uh, people like Bonnie Raitt put right up there with Aretha Franklin. So I interviewed her for the Jazz FM for a podcast called The Torch that I do for them once a month, and I said, "Do you have any advice for musicians?" You know, she said late 60s now and she said know the business Mm -hmm. I went back to school in my uh, late 30s early 40s and got a business degree because everybody was making money but me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right and uh, so she just said know your business it's called show business you know it's the way it works and it's really a hard thing for people because you get into it because you love and you, you you know it's like when jazz musicians I say you, you, don't, you don't choose to be a jazz musician because you're going to get rich and famous. I mean, right. you do it because you have to do it. Right. It's, it's just in you. There's no choice. You wish there were something else, but that's what you do. <laughs> so, you know, it can be a bit tough.
1: Um, well, anyway, that's part of what's on the, yeah, on, the yeah. on the block for 2022. And maybe uh, some live be, hopefully, concerts. Hopefully the there'll be more, year. some Jaffa Road uh, creation. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, we, oh, we do have a gig coming up. I should mention we, April eighth. We're going to do some kind of uh, CD re- release concert. I say some kind of because I'm still toying with how 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 big a production it, it's going to be. If it, if it, you know, in a non COVID world, it would be a uh, yeah live a big event. blowout with yeah. you know all the guest artists who played on the album, you know, invited and, and uh, big and you know make a big video to out of it anyway i say i say i'm still toying with it obviously because it's as you can imagine it's very hard to know right now how much uh time and energy and and resources to invest in a in a production that has a high likelihood of getting being
0: canceled (laughs) canceled
1: for, for for reasons that are completely outside of one's uh control well,
3: uh, this, Beatles. Is, this Just is the hardest up- thing about being
1: a a, a, mu- a performing artist in 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 covid and this has happened this happened to some of my friends and colleagues where you know you put your you know releasing an album is one thing but then if you've got like a an album that's been like sort of a a career sort of marking moment this happened to my you know former bandmate actually in jaffa road and good friend chris chris mccool of, you might know from sultan's of oh, String. Yeah. You know where you know he 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 made the before just i think as the pandemic was hitting i can't remember the exact timeline but you know he he had finished an album that was for sure by far like the most ambitious of his career with you know great album with all kinds of all kinds of guest artists it was stacked stacked with guest artists and you know and then he had planned a uh, cd release concert Uh, with many of the guest artists to appear and and that was i can't remember when it was scheduled for may may 2020 or something like this you know and then so he postponed it to october 2020 and then he had to postpone you know you know so like these how like it's just like how do you uh and we've had a couple of gigs where um you know out of town gigs uh we were supposed to play in texas in april uh 2020 yeah no no
0: no don't go to Texas don't, yeah, don't go not, now not,
1: <laughs> yeah <you've laughs> never, just don't go but, not, but you know but even even before even before it became impossible to go when it, there was like yeah, a couple yeah, weeks yeah. in the lead up where it, there was a it looked like there would be a choice that we could go yeah but but even before things fully shut down it was made clear uh, in my music therapy work at at uh, St Michael's Hospital which by the way is funded by by our friends at at jazz fm yeah uh so in what was it so i was supposed to go april 6th we were supposed to go to texas and in late february i think it was it became clear that if i did go to that gig in texas that when i got back i wasn't allowed to come to the hospital work for two weeks right right, right. There was a right. very clear statement if you leave yeah, the yeah. country yeah, don't yeah, yeah. come to work for for two weeks but then it became not an option anyway but it's on you know, it's on you know, that i can't i can't do a jaffa road gig if it means forfeiting the next <laughs> two weeks of month yeah
0: I, I think for your in april you should, the gig you should do is on, on a rooftop pull a beatles you know get mm. back and just go on a rooftop get arrested <laughs> get some good footage come on man <laughs> go for it go rebel jaffa road rebel shakshuka
1: anyway that's at <laughs> supermarket should pro- we should promote the gig That's as far as you know it market. is gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Um April eighth, that's super or seventh, shoot. Uh whatever the Thursday is of that week. Let me check. Um, we'll figure it yeah. out. Yeah.
0: I want to play uh, one more song while you're figuring it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um which one do we want to do?
1: April seventh. Oh, I don't know. Um why not uh either Yonati see is is interesting. Ben Adam is interesting actually. That's the one with David. I like David. Ben Adam.
0: Can we do Ben Adam?
1: Yeah, yeah, let's let's do Ben Adam, yeah.
0: All That's right.
1: Really cool story there.
0: Um okay, so tell me the, the story uh and
1: then uh we'll play the song and say goodbye. All right. So I I grew up um I grew up learning to play music by by learning how to play the play the blues. I was, I was, as a kid growing up, I was, I was obsessed with uh, with all the old uh, blues players and it, you know, it's definitely a big part of my musical DNA, but I hadn't ever previously found a way to make that one of the sort of explicit uh, obviously heard influences in the, in the Jaffa road music. So I wanted to write uh, a tune that was, was very bluesy where I could, where I could sort of, you know, get into that, that part of my musical my musical history so um i wrote i found i found these lyrics for ben um and decided that this could be a vehicle for that and I, i i wrote part of the song um like i said before the you know when when the other guys uh get involved it it takes a it takes a new um takes a new form and gets gets a new new spin but i I started it off as like something really bluesy and i did always sort of have in mind that uh that hopefully david would would say uh yes to 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 singing it which which Mm -hmm. he did i can sing it too but not like not 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 the way that uh not the way that david brings it brings it home um and the lyrics are from are from the traditional sephardic uh Liturgy, so the you know the the liturgy that is said it for in the lead up to to Rosh Hashanah with all these kind of themes of uh, repentance and 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 forgiveness, and you know so Ben Adam Dam Kum Tach Kum You know mortal being Ben Adam Ben Adam How do you translate Ben Adam we translated it with our friend uh, our friend uh, Aubrey Glazer, who's got a PhD in Hebrew poetry and Hebrew hermeneutics. He's a rabbi in Montreal. He's, he's been a great inspiration to us. Uh, you might have him on. He'd be a great guest for you, mm-hmm. too. Um, he translated it as mortal being, but it's a question. How do you translate it? Because in, in Ben Adam means son of Adam, if you translate it directly. Right. And in modern Hebrew, it's how you say uh human being is is you know ben adam is is in colloquial hebrews human being so but for the the purposes of translating these lyrics mortal being it's basically saying like you know hey people wake up Now, now is not the time to sleep now is the time to awaken from your 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 spiritual slumber and and and, and bring your A game. Cause, cause you know, the Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur is, is, is coming. And. Um, it's kind
0: of fitting for the, uh, the plague. Don't you think? <laughs> wake up. <laughs> this ain't the rehearsal. Get on with it. That's
1: right. It's not, this is not the rehearsal. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wake up, come yeah. clean and purify without delay. Act they want the
0: band out to there. Yeah. Ben ben. Adam. Ben Adam.
1: Uh, and then there's this line, which I really like, which we sort of made into the, pre-chorus or the chorus, depending on how you look at it. Ki no ne, lo Wonders never cease uh, in this realm of the spirit. Beautiful. Aaron Lightstone. Yeah, a beautiful thing. And it's from an anonymous poet from who knows when, long time ago. I'm going to say he's Moroccan.
0: Aaron Lightstone is the leader of Jaffa Road. Until When is the name of uh, their latest uh, release, uh, and in April, they will be on a rooftop playing a performance where I will call the police to arrest them because it makes for a better video and they will do it. Uh, ben, ben Adam is the name of this particular tune. Listen, I'm going to just go out on it. So uh, if you want any more info, uh Is that right?
1: Yep. Jaffaroad.com yeah. and all the usual social media places, YouTube and we've got yeah. a bunch of YouTube, bunch of great YouTube videos. We're really proud of, uh, of, you know, well well produced uh performances would encourage people to subscribe there and check us out there and excellent come come to the supermarket in toronto on the 7th of april
0: that's not where the gig's gonna be just listen to me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't make trouble where there isn't any. <laughs> Get arrested it's better, trust me. Earn media. You want earned media. You don't want to have to
1: that's right. That's right. for it.
0: You want it. The other thing I do, trust me, just go for this. Uh, <laughs> um, for me, um, uh, the name of my book, I Thought He Was Dead. It's available on the big guys, uh, you know, online, but they take a, a, quite a while to give people the book. I'm getting lots of people writing me saying, well, it's still not here. Uh, But your local bookstore, if you're interested, just tell them, I'd like a copy of uh, Ralph Benmerge's I Thought He Was Dead, and they'll order it. And we always got to support local. So it's a great idea to do. Um, And in the meantime, enjoy the music. Uh, Check out as much as you can about Jaffa Road. They're a beautiful band, always have been. Lovely, lovely stuff. And the ability to... To bring the world into the music as opposed to run around the, the world doing just one kind of music they've brought the world into the music so i think it's a good thing uh aaron thank you so much for doing this i really appreciate
1: it oh yeah my pleasure thanks for having me
0: all right you take care
1: you too man thanks have a great uh, great day and a great year yeah hmm. better better <laughs> hopefully better times hopefully uh, god willing really. to, to the world on this Con favor
0: de Dios, as they say in my house all right what you did take... they say? Con favor de Dios. Ah, uh,
1: yes, yes, yes.
0: We're from Tangier. We do the Spanish thing.
1: Got
0: it. All right. Take care. Bye. All
1: right, man. Thanks. Thanks so much.
2: Mann, mache han dir da, kun kanna bettenn mir, schwach sich hat roßlicha, mir dann hat adem mir, let us me